A successful designer has a lot more than a good sense of aesthetics. They must understand their users, communicate with stakeholders, collaborate with engineering teams, and develop the design iteratively. Good designers put themselves into the shoes of different users to understand how they interact with their system. It helps them gain new perspectives and results in better design. Deepa Srinivasan is the design director at Kickdrum. In this episode, Deepa and Sakshi exchange notes about working with non-designers, presenting their ideas, and getting good feedback. Deepa and Madhvi discuss how designers and engineering teams can collaborate to build great products together. Deepa also shares many tips for young designers. Let's hear directly from Deepa now. Hello everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Edge podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you all to Deepa Srinivasan, who has a wonderful career in design. And today we're going to talk to her and explore different aspects of design, what excites her about it, and learn a few things for us non-designers or people who are just getting started. I also have my colleague Sakshi with me in our studio today. Welcome Deepa, welcome Sakshi. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Deepa, could you please start by introducing yourself and sharing about your experience? Sure. I am a user experience designer, or at least that's what I'd like to call myself. But that's not what I always was. When I graduated from Chitra Kala Parishad in like 1998, ancient fossil. <laughs> but <laughs> I like so, to call that experienced. Okay. <laughs> Basically, when I graduated, I um, wanted to actually work in advertising. That was what I wanted to do. Fortunately, unfortunately, there were no jobs in advertising. So then the up-and-coming thing was to work with a company that is doing stuff for the internet. I started my work as a bit of graphic design and some bit of uh, working and building websites. Slowly, eventually, the progression was to do user experience. And then, yeah, that's how I'm here. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Both Sakshi and I were wondering that how did you end up in the user researcher role? So I'm not a user researcher. I'm a user experience designer. So I'm not Sorry. exactly a researcher. So what I do is, I mean, because right now I work for a small company, I do all this. But uh, after uh, doing the initial research, I also actually translate that into actual design, right? Like wireframes and uh, prototype it and all that. So that's what I do. Because <laughs> the researcher's role is purely research. So I do uh, a bit, like I do research also, but I also do this. How it happened is, it just happened. It's not like I planned it or uh, I think it 
it's also the way the world was moving and I've just moved with it. So I started with graphic design, then I started working on building websites. There was the dot-com boom and bust. After that, I uh, was working with Ogilvy, which is an advertising firm for their online, on their online space. So, you know, stuff like digital marketing and all that. And then finally, I started working with a company called Trilogy, which is where I think this whole thing started, where the actual user experience design, you know, where I started to understand and appreciate what it means to actually talk to users, to understand what their needs are and actually build stuff, go back to them and get more, you know, data, whether it's working for them, it's not working for them. That's where it started. After working there, I did some freelance work for a bit because that's when my daughter was born. And then I had my colleague, who was also a friend who I've been working for 20 years with. We decided to start our own uh, design firm. So we ran that for a few years. I think we were good designers, just not great business people. <laughs> I think they're two very different things. So uh, anyway, she moved to uh, New Zealand, so we kind of let go of that and then moved our separate ways. So then I worked with IBM for a bit, and then I decided it was too big for me. So I quit IBM, and now I work at Kickdrum, which is a smallish technology firm, but they have a lot of products, and that's why I'm there as a, their designer. I know you're doing a lot of interesting work in Kickdrum, Mm-hmm. Can you describe some of the things or describe how your average day goes? At Kickdrum, they have a private equity practice, which means that they help firms go and evaluate firms that they would like to buy, like the technology part of it. So for this process, they have a lot of internal products that they have built to make this whole process for themselves simpler and easier. That's basically most of it. Sometimes we do work on client products and stuff. We have like a small team, the three of us. What I do is mainly, you know, these products, they've been built, but they need constant improvements. What I really do is I talk to users to understand how they're using these products. What do they do with them? Of that, what could be better? Then we actually go ahead and build out wireframes and stuff, which we then test again with them. Like we have some ideas which we have put into quick wireframes. We test it with our users. Because most of the products are internal, our access to users is quite easy. That I think is a big challenge many times. But because it's internal, we sort of go and talk to them and then we see what they think. We go back, make changes. So it's a process, long process. And then go ahead and build the actual final screens and then we go to the development team. Development team is always involved because they're always going to push back and say, hey, this is a great idea, but this is going to take six months. We cannot do this. How about you break this down for us so that we can actually build it over a period of time, but we don't want to you know, be the bottleneck. So maybe you think about how we could do this incrementally. There's some bit of brainstorming there and then we figure out what it is. I say design is very collaborative. It's not something you can do alone. You have to collaborate. You always have stakeholders, if not the client, the people who are running the project, who have their own set of ideas. 
then you have the actual people who are using the product who have their own ideas. Then there's the development team, which has its own challenges. Now it's like, because I've done it for a long time, it, I can navigate this easily. However, if people are new, it can be a bit challenging. The two designers who work with me are fresh out of college. You have to ask them, but I, I feel like, of course, nowadays young people are very smart, so they <laughs> catch on very quickly. We have but one very smart person right here exactly, in the room with us exactly. too. Initially, till you understand the process of software development and stuff, it's a bit of a challenge. But I think once you know that, there's no <laughs> stopping anyone. When you say the development team is important, there are many challenges. Very recently, I faced one. I gave them a design and they came back saying, no, this is not possible. This might take a while, like you mentioned. Mm. How is that you come together on one decision there? So There are many challenges there. Totally. So I think one of the things is for you to try and understand what developers are doing, how they are doing things. Their job, I feel, is a lot tougher than my own from my perception because they actually have to build that out, right? And they have so many constraints, which we don't know. I mean, it's very well to say this is what I want, but that's not the reality of it, right? What I do is I try and understand. You need to have that conversation of, okay, you're saying this cannot be done. Can you tell me why you're saying that? So you understand their point of view. That's very important. And then you might not have an instant solution, but this is a discussion. Something might come to your mind. You might have solved something similar. So say, hey, you know, this is what we tried last time. What do you think of this idea? Or do you think you could try this? You know, it gets everyone thinking in the room. And also, I feel that never wait to involve anyone, whether it's the stakeholders. Whether I do meetings every week with them because... I don't want to go to them at the end of three months and then we all have failed, right? Because yeah. <laughs> then you're making changes which you spent three months working yeah. on. So, and I talk to them often. See, they are people just like us. They yeah. have ideas. And also sometimes when you talk to them, you'll realize that they probably have a really great idea which you never thought about. You never thought of that possibility. And even sometimes when you talk to your users, same yeah. thing. You figure out that, hey, you know what? I never thought this could be a problem for them, anyone. You have to just go there with that listening ear. I know that when I was younger, I would do that. I would get very tied to my design. And it is difficult to disassociate from that. However, it's important. To get the best design, you need to move a little away and say, hey, you know what, maybe if I listen to them and I take their suggestion, this is going to be a better design than what it right. is today. It's difficult, it's very difficult, but it's something you will learn over time. And also, there's another thing that I think is very important, which young designers might not think about, being able to say why you made a design a certain way. Everybody has something in mind, but I feel like young designers don't know. They probably know. It's many things designers do intuitively without actually thinking about it. However, there is a reason why you did that. I make notes for myself, like why I did something a certain way. There's a book, I don't know if you know, called Articulating Design Decisions. It's okay. a very nice book. I think every designer should. <laughs> Many times it'll happen that you'll make a design which you think is great. At least when I was younger, it has happened to me a lot. And then you take it into the room where that meeting has happened. You come out feeling like, what the hell? 
what happened? Like I had thought through so many things, but they found so many loopholes. Is it that I don't understand? You don't want to feel like that also. Now, because of all this, after I've done with two screens, I will take it to a developer. I will take it to somebody, like a stakeholder, just to say, hey, you know, this is what I was thinking. What do you think? And then very often you'll notice that when you involve people, they are open for communication and they give you so many ideas and it really results in a better design. I think this will really help me <laughs> taking the two screens part to yes. whoever. Don't is. wait. Yeah. If you take a wireframe that looks unfinished, people give you more comments. They feel, okay, this is not a final version. I can actually give them more ideas on what I'm thinking. And that's a great thing. See, the onus of a good design is not only on the designer. I'm telling you, it's not. <laughs> it is on everyone. And you should accept that a good design comes from talking to users. It comes from talking to stakeholders. It comes from talking to developers. You can't do it alone. You do not have to have all the ideas or the solutions. That is why all these people exist. Your thing is to go out, talk to them, listen to what they have to say, see what that means in your design and try and use it. So you're actually recommending that we show a fairly unfinished design to elicit more feedback. Yes, that, that is actually a proven... That's very counterintuitive, but that's awesome. They have found this, that if you show people unfinished work, then they think, hey, you know, what I'm saying might make a difference. So maybe I can say it. But if I show you something that's completed, then the number of comments, you don't want to make big changes. Hence, like, see, why is it important? Why do we keep going to people at every step? Like, we can take it after it's developed. But what happens is when you do that, you've spent so much time and people are like, okay, they've done so much. I don't want to change this up. I would think that every stage you should involve whoever is involved in that project to at least look at it. Definitely users, you can take it to them several times, right? So you can take them a small prototype where they can click through and see if they can do a certain action or at every stage. So when you build it, for instance, you've just put a navigation system into place or maybe even before that, you don't know how to build your navigation. So maybe you call people and uh, there's the method, the card sorting, where you actually ask people, you say, these are the categories of information. How do you think you would sort this? And they will come and do it. So, you know, you get several ideas. Maybe we didn't think about it. Somebody else did. So it's important to do these things. I think what you're suggesting, can we take it to other contexts also, not just the design world? I think I'm going to try this. Okay. If I have a presentation, mm -hmm. like do the raw format and share it with maybe my colleagues. We can even do yeah. a rehearsal. I'm going to try this next time I do that. I'll keep it very raw so that maybe I'll get more feedback. Because people have trouble giving feedback, just like you said. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was really helpful. Yeah, and also, like, it doesn't seem important, but the part about why you made a design decision, try it, okay? Because when you explain to someone, hey, you know, I did this because these were the things I had in my mind, then they understand what you're thinking. Otherwise, they don't have your thought process and something that i'm learning constantly is when we even give away design we need to leave notes for people people when they look at things they understand different things i used to do that once i show a design i used to be asked oh why did you do this but i didn't know what to say because at that moment i was just doing something and i got a design Correct. but now i'm able to explain to them how it is done you see that there are different perspectives but it helps. It really helps. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does.
I think notes to yourself is where you start. Deepa, I am an engineer by training mm-hmm. and that's what I've spent the majority of my career working on. Mm-hmm. I have come to design after I have built a system and now I've decided I need to present it to users. That was been part of some of my past experience. Since joining Clearly Blue, we have been working very closely with designers and involve them very early on in any new project that we start out. I'd like to understand from you what is the right point to involve designers and get a design opinion when you're doing any kind of product building. And it may vary from industry to industry. According to me, it's day one. It's when you start your product, when you have that idea. Because a lot of this context is also important to designers. People very often categorize what information they should be giving you. However, if you got a designer, they don't have to participate, but they can sit there and listen to what's going on. I feel like if you really want a great design, you have the person come and sit in, talk in what your conversation is. They don't really have to contribute, but it very often helps to understand where did this idea come from? Why are they even thinking about this product? Like, It's not just that we are building it, but why? Why are they doing it? What is this problem that they want to solve? Who are they solving it for? All these things, right? Like, And that very often you will ask, but you will not get the same. However, in day one, if I sat in that meeting, I get some context of, hey, you know, okay, this is where this came from. For instance, I, I'll just give you an idea. At Kitram, we were talking about building a product to help developers understand if they are reaching a certain code quality. We started with day one and that's why I could understand. I was like, okay, so where did this idea come from? They said, you know, we have so many young developers here who have great ideas and you know they're doing stuff, but there has to be a system to know if what they're doing is good or good enough or not. Are they following the processes they should? How do you know? So, you know, sometimes you're just talking and then you're like, oh, You know, when you told me first something, I would have designed it a certain way. But now, I might design it differently because now I understand the purpose. So I think it's important to start on day one. Every time you keep having these brainstorming, ideation meetings, and you'll actually see that the product is better. Awesome. So Deepa, is there any advice you would like to give the software development team who is trying to build a brand new product? How can you bring out the best in your product? It has to have very good and very convenient user flows. It should look visually appealing. And design is a lot more than just visual design, as you have told me. Like I said before, I think working together as a team is very important. Many times it happens that there will be a design team which will then hand over this design they have built to a development team. That I would say is not the best practice. If you can be involved in all processes, that's great. However, even if that is the case, like you've been handed a design, have a conversation with the design team about who are you creating these designs for? Why have you created the designs this way? What was your thought? What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Any development team should never think that they just have to take what's given to them and put that out. No, that's that's not anybody's job. They also should look at the design and question it and ask why things have been done a certain way because that brings out a better product. You know, when you're given designs, I would say for the development team, you should look at 
various things, right? Like I know that they do. Like the developers I've worked with at any point in my life, they are the ones who know what are the edge cases, what are the error states, and what you didn't do in your design. So I would say the development team also needs to have a checklist for itself to see if the design has covered everything. As a designer, I practice this myself. I have a list. Of course, a lot of it is time-driven, but I would have a list. Now you do uh, designs across devices. Have I given them designs that cross all these devices? Have I covered error states? Have I covered edge cases? And many times you don't know what the edge case is. So you need to talk to someone in the development team to understand what could be the probable edge cases. With the young designers that I work with, what I've told them to do is have a sheet in which they start listing out edge cases that they found in something that they designed. And very often, many of these might repeat, right? But you can have this ever-growing list. You sort of should look at these things. And also, there are so many browsers, so many things. How does this scale across? It's sort of a designer's job to do this, but sometimes you might not know the answers. I would say, you know, you can reach out. Development teams also should reach out to designers to understand everything. So I feel like it's sort of a collaborative effort. It cannot be just one person's responsibility. Even development teams, I would encourage them to set up meetings with the design team. Maybe every week, I mean, at the least every other week, but I would encourage more meetings because many times things like um, transitions, like what happens when you click a button, these sort of transitions, the designer has certain assumptions which they might not put it through. And when you're making it, it might turn out different. And that's where all these differences come up. However, if you did these frequent things, got them to look at what you're making, it makes the software development job much better. You will have a much more cohesive, beautiful product at the end of the whole thing. I want to probe a little more on the design involvement in the complete product development life cycle. You already shared that it's best to involve from the ideation phase. From the ideation phase, now you've built the design in collaboration with the developers and handed it over to them to do the implementation. Mm. Here too, are you checking in with them throughout their implementation, different stages? Ideally, you should because as you build out products, there are so many things you realize. As even the development team builds out something, they might find certain constraints or barriers right and then they don't know what to do like maybe the design as is cannot be used at that point okay maybe there needs to be a change and then at that point it forces someone to take a decision uh, as to what they should do and if that is not exactly it affects the way the product works then you definitely need to involve the designers I've seen this it's happened you know even in a current product that I'm working on it was just somebody decided to implement something slightly differently. And that was very confusing to the end user. Maybe as a designer, I didn't think about it, but they had a case where somebody needed to go back to a previous state of a certain thing. And the whole interaction was so confusing. But then, you know, when they called me in, and they could solve it quickly because you're like, okay, this is a problem. I see it's a problem. You know, what do you think is the best case? And then, you know, they will tell you. And then you're like, but, you know, that's so... You can give them your point of view. And then they actually come to a solution 
and then of course you go back to probably a user to see do they understand how to use this at this point and then you're good to go right so it's very important that design teams are involved even after goes into production you should be asking them to go and use your product and see if that is what they imagine and of course you should go to your users and see what they think of the product but yeah definitely so the involvement continues even after it is in production are you even part of the go to market strategy or do you think that's typically handled by a different set of people since we build a lot of uh, internal products we don't really have to do this go to market strategy but i think that you should be involved because as a designer you have some sense of your users mm-hmm. right like so are we getting the right message across to them yes. are you highlighting the right yeah. things so of course you would have a marketing team who's doing this it's not you who's doing this but even if there's a product manager you know i i feel like they should involve someone from design because much of maybe the research was done by somebody in design depending on the size of your company there might be multiple people involved there might just be few people involved but it makes sense because they know the users you have some pulse of it so maybe you know marketing teams have the ideas but you're going to be able to help them with understanding if the user really right like that's the, also the first time you're actually getting user feedback on your yes. live product so yes. if it's a brand new feature or a yeah. brand new product yeah. this is where you're sensing what is the user perception user from the perception, market definitely so one is the go to market strategy and then you go to market and then you again need the designers to see hey you know like this is the perception and this is what we got and you know every time you do this there's going to be something new that you learn which the designer needs to take back so yeah for a system like a navigation system right mm-hmm. that's going to be really complex and there's going to be a whole lot of parts there is going to be documentation then there'll be like the user facing documentation and then there'll be the internal engineer facing what to do if a problem comes up what is your book in that technical documentation aspect as well is there design involvement have you found yourself being involved in that phase as well not very often and it's not because design is not necessary it's because the perception is that design is not necessary okay like even when we build any application like you said which has a front end it has a back end probably just for a developer i feel like it should be as intuitive as what the user is seeing they are working with it day in and day out imagine you know like we work with figma just because it's a designer using a figma you you decide that i don't want to design it i don't want to give them make them comfortable no everybody who's using any system it has to be designed with their needs in mind so i would think that you should be involved a lot of times people are like the customers are never going to see this so this could be last priority or it could be something we do later by then you've already built something and then you're sort of stuck with that and then you have to rework that which god knows when that's going to happen however if you just spent a little bit of time designing that system up front you would save a lot of uh, headache going ahead it's very interesting all of this so deepa as a designer you're designing for people who have very different needs who come to your product or interface with very different mindsets how do you design for this variety of people this is stuff but that's why user research is so important you need to know who you're designing for i think that it's very important that 
you imagine that there could be all types of people, young people who know how technology works. Digitally native. Digitally, exactly. There could be old people who are now using it for the first time. And everybody has different needs. Now I think you know that accessibility is a big thing. So it's very important to keep in mind differently abled users. There are a lot of sites out there which will help you determine whether your design is accessible. Like, is it does it have enough contrast? Is the readability good and everything? However, it's important that you go into the mindset of each of these people, try out different things. How do you do that? <laughs> you know, I have a mentor uh, at Kitram. Tom encourages me to do things constantly differently to understand how things work. As designers, we largely work with our mouse, right? A couple of uh, weeks ago, he said, go to Google and enable keyboard shortcuts. And for the next one week, just use keyboard shortcuts. This is how many of the people who use your application would be using it. So now this gives you a new thing to think about, right? Like, so now every design you do, you would think about, hey, if I needed to fill this entire form through just the keyboard, how would I do it? So it's important to go into other people's mindset. I myself don't have great eyesight, but then for younger people, just imagine what it would be like to look at the screen through the eyes of a 45-year-old. It's very different from when you're 25. So it's very important to try and get into somebody else's shoes and see how it is for them. This completely handled through the keyboard will also make these interfaces very usable for a voice-enabled kind of an interface where you can just say next, 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 next and keep on saying. Yes. Although you designed it for a keyboard. So I think there are so many aspects now. There's a whole world of technology. It's impossible to know if you've covered every case, but that should be definitely the idea, right? One thing is definitely just taking your design to someone who's different from you, even if you're not, it's not the actual user, to just see what, what is their view. It's called like hallway testing, right? It has an official name. And it's not very encouraged, but I find that it's quite useful. Just today I'm making something. I'm creating the screens for this. So I might just turn around to the person next to me and say, hey, take a look at this quickly and just try to get them to do something with your screen or predict what is, okay. what's the next step. Sometimes that itself will give you enough feedback <laughs> to change your design. Wonderful. All right, let's switch gears. Deepa, you've worked on many different types of designs. And like you mentioned earlier, design is a lot more than visual design. Can you talk to us about some project that you are passionate about, which really challenged you? This is, it was more interesting than challenging, I would say. So when I was at IBM, we had, a, it was sort of like a thing which you could take part in if you wanted to. You could partner with different people from different disciplines. and A hackathon? Uh, somewhat like a hackathon, yes. And decide what you wanted to build. At that point, I partnered with some people who were from the IoT team. And I never had any experience with building IoT products before that. That was very interesting for me. I learned so many things. Eventually, we did build an app. The idea we chose was 
how do you get people to become aware of how much water they consume on a daily basis and how do you help them control that is this available in That's the public domain thing <laughs> <laughs> no it obviously it was just an idea and we just built a prototype to when you start thinking about the product you realize there are so many people to actually build out something like this there is a like you and me the users but there is also so many stakeholders which is very important there's the government who's going to be controlling your water supply if you live in an apartment there is an apartment association then you start thinking about this this is where design is so beautiful right because you're building this who are the different people this is going to affect not just your end users but you know where are your permissions coming from who else is involved they could be secondary stakeholders like the building association they're not involved in your usage but they control it somewhat so it was very interesting to see who all is involved in what capacity we had some thoughts around how we could influence them and this is a has to be a conscious decision you and me make now somebody is not interested in this you get them interested in this so this this was really nice because there was so much brainstorming around what could be done we did come up with an interesting application at the end of it that's where i would say design is not just about the last set of screens it's about everything that happens before that last set of screens through this conversation you said you are negotiating with your team with your developers with your stakeholders and now here you're talking about influencing apart from your design skills what other skills such soft skills maybe are required for a designer to be successful at their job one of the very important skills that every designer should have is the ability to listen to a different point of view there are different biases you all know come into that conversation with no try and come in it's not possible to come in with zero bias but try and check yourself like every time you are saying something you need to think about am i bringing in some bias you have to come there with no bias and listen to what others have to say understand their point of view empathy is very important for a designer because empathy for the end user definitely to understand their problems but it's also important to understand your developers point of view you know your stakeholders point of view and there's another thing which even i'm not good at which i think is very important for designers is also to understand the business point of view at the end of the day there is a stakeholder who's paying for this project or you know funding this project very often designers don't want to listen to that stakeholder empathy is very important that is uh, listening to your users listening to your development team listening to you know anybody else's point of view is very important and also it's important to acknowledge that there is a business side to everything it is important somebody is paying for the project somebody is helping you create this so it's also important to understand what is the business value that this product is bringing yes of course it is about your users but it is also that so now i feel like design is in the middle of all this there is a business there is a user there are all these other teams that you work with and so you have to learn to navigate and also negotiate sometimes which is why again i come back to the same point you need to know why you're creating a design a certain way you know that way you can try and influence others with your idea very often when you can explain something clearly people do buy into your idea or give you a point of view that you could use we live in a world where everything is changing super quickly constantly changing 
How do you keep yourself updated to all of this then? One of the things is you have to constantly read. Definitely. Every single day, I set aside like 15 minutes at least in a day to read something. There are lots of beautiful podcasts out there on design and user experience. So I would encourage everyone to listen to them. And, you know, there are people from different countries with different viewpoints. Sometimes it's something way beyond what you're designing today, like how to design for voice, how does this whole meta thing work. You know, it's nice to just listen, even if you're not working on this, you can very easily become outdated with whatever you're doing, right? Like you're always, you're looking at what you're doing, but you don't know what's happening out in the world. So it's important to uh, read, definitely, to listen to podcasts and any other way you can expose yourself. Like if you can go to meetups where other designers meet, then you listen to what others are working on. So it's all very inspiring. Are there any forums that you typically utilize, any conferences or meetups? I'm a part of the Interaction Design Foundation. I do some courses through them, regularly updating myself through that. They have a lot of meetups. Go to some of them. But I would say if you're on LinkedIn, you'll find like a lot of uh, meetups that people are doing. and You can just be part of different, you can follow different communities. So a lot of online communities. So there are days when I'm working on a design, but I don't know how to take it forward. There are no ideas flowing like the other days. And there, of course, there are days where there's so many ideas that I have to put everything into one and then pick out from those. But what do I do when it comes to, or maybe what do you do? Yeah, so I don't know what is a perfect solution for anyone. But what I do is actually take a break. (laughs) I go, I take a break from what I'm doing and um, I go and I try to do something else that I like. For instance, I like painting, so I'll go and I'll try. But you know what, what it is, is that you've read it and you've thought about it a bit before you take your break. Then you'll find that things eventually come to you because you're constantly thinking about this, right? Like not consciously, but subconsciously. Like there have been times when I've woken up in the middle of the night and thought I have the (laughs) most brilliant idea So then So um, do you always have pen and paper handy or your mobile handy? No, I don't keep the mobile near me. I'm a person who sleeps without my mobile. But um, I do uh, try and keep something where I can write. Of course, a lot of times I've woken up next morning and thought, what is this gibberish? (laughs) But this is just to show you that, like, you know, I'm just saying that it will come to you. So you cannot force an idea. You just have to wait for it. Sleep over it. Sleep over over it. it. Yes. Another thing you could do is if you are solving a particular problem, you could go and read how others have solved it. But would that not bias you? That's why I'm saying you read about different points of view. See, it's impossible not to bias yourself. That's a skill you have to learn. I mean, you use products constantly, right? Like you use Google every day. They do things a certain way. You're already influenced. Reading, I think, will open up your mind. Uh, about how things are being done. It's not necessary you follow the same route, but it's a way to maybe stimulate your mind to do things. Or you, like I said, take a break and come back to it. Thanks for that. And with that, I think we are going to take a break here. Deepa, thank you so much for coming on our show. 
Thank you so much for sharing all of these nuggets of information. You have given tips to a non-designer like me. You have given tips to a designer like Sakshi. Thank you so much. This was a fun conversation. Thank you, Madhubi and Sakshi. It was really nice talking Thank to you. Thank you so much. This was a very interesting podcast. <laughs> nice to hear. So much to learn. Thank you for that. Awesome. We hope we can bring you back and discuss many more aspects of design in a future podcast. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to the Edge podcast on your favorite podcast channel. We are on Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends. If you have stories to share and want to be featured on our podcast, write to us at podcasts at adepticlabs.com.